There's Joel Klatt talking about the University of Oklahoma uh, not being represented in a lot of these way too early top 25s. Um, some of them they are in, in the, you know, 21, 22 range. They're in the high 20s, but in several of them, um, no sign of Oklahoma. Uh, I, I think he makes a he makes an interesting point. Now, here's what I'll say about it. I think that Oklahoma, we would all agree, we did not have a good football team last year, right? Um, you want to go to the text line for that? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That'll fill up the rest of the hour right there. Um, but yes, I think we can agree with that. Did not have a good football team last year. We went 6-7. and seven. It's the first losing season in 25 years, something like that. Um, but, yeah, we lost w- – what five one score games and of the one score games i think four of them were three point losses lost by field goal right and you know a couple of them were on the last possession of the game uh florida state was west virginia was was baylor can't remember well uh, baylor not really Tech i mean was. Ba- baylor was up and then they kneeled it like the one yard line but so right. yeah um so yes we were a bad team. Yes, we lost five one-score games, and it very easily could have flipped, right? And maybe not flipped all of them, but flipped some of them. It could have changed a lot of people's opinion of this football team. I, I don't think we – again, we all agree we were bad. I don't think we had to be any better than what we were to have won – several of those games I we didn't I, I you don't have to ask for us to be a good team to win several of those games now what does that mean it means to me that if we improve you know just across the board marginally I think that we could have a pretty good record next year but yeah. I, I don't think that anyone cares about having a pretty good record next year. And I don't no, care. No, and no, no. If you that, have a two-game improvement, I, people are still going to be mad. We, we right. know that. But I don't expect us to have marginal improvement. Now, specifically on defense, I, I expect our defense to be vastly improved over what we saw out there this year. And I think there's several factors. I think we are going to be an overall more talented team defensively. I think we are going to be, I don't even think, it's just a fact, we will be way more experienced as a defense. And, you know, it's just, it's not the, it's not the transition year. You're going to have a little bit better handle on some of the other teams that you're facing. I mean, not that, necessarily that was a big factor in in what went down last year. I don't think it had, any, frankly, anything to do with any of the teams that we played, uh, whether we won or lost the game. I think it was all about us. Now, offensively, I expect us to be better, but in my opinion, offensively, it's it's less um, less of a guarantee in my opinion. I still feel good about it, but you know, frankly, you have to say offensive line is going to be a bit of an unknown. 
Uh, wide receiver, you have to admit, it's going to be a bit of an unknown. Tight end, going to be a bit of an unknown. I, I like what we have at running back as far as those guys running the football, but some of the other running back duties that come with that, it's a bit of an unknown. Now, sure. all of those things being said, that there's there's quite a bit of unknown there. I feel good with what we have in those spots to be improved. Yeah, so it was fun. ESPN had a story out today. He was like, all right, top way too early. Here's our way too early top 25, and here's how they fared in the transfer portal. All right, whatever. You got my attention here. I'm going to scroll through see what you think of OU's transfer portal hall. I get through 18, and I start scrolling up. I'm like, I'm not going to see him, am I? And they didn't have OU in their way too early top 25, so I didn't get to see what their grade was for their transfer portal haul. I think OU had a really good transfer portal haul this cycle. I think we can all agree with that, but that just goes to the expectations going into this year are going to be as light as they've probably been in a long time. That doesn't have to be a bad thing because I know we're going to get lit up by the text line this offseason. I already see one. Wasn't we ranked 17th when we won the Natty in 2000? Um, that doesn't automatically mean that they're going to be a top-five team, but like expectations this year are going to be as light as we've seen in a while, I feel like. Yeah. It's not a guarantee that they're a top-25 team to start the year. I think that they probably will be, but it'll be fringe. I think that, I think that that is perhaps a, I think that's perhaps a good thing for this team, and it's not even like it's not even like a, uh, like a motivation thing necessarily. I just I think it's good for the, for the coaching staff, to have a a football team, that, isn't going to have much ego, right. They're not. They're not walking well, they into. They don't have a reason to. Right. They're not walking into honest. winter workouts saying, "Man, we're picked number five in the country right now." Uh, you know, we don't. We can cruise, and I know that's that's not what people say, but you know, human nature is to feel like, "Oh, we're already we're already there if we're if we're being ranked that high right now." So, I, I think it's a good thing for this team to not be ranked, and. I think this is going to be a much better developmental year than last year was. Could be wrong about that. We'll just have to wait and see. Uh, let me get to one text by uh, old Doug Miles, and then we'll transition elsewhere. He says, some fans blame BV's game management. Did Teddy see an issue here? Because I feel it is something fans say when they have no other explanation for the small margin between wins and losses. Well, I think that I think game management was an issue. Um, I think I think one of the reasons game management was an issue is because we had so many other issues, right? I I think that I think game management became an issue because at times defense became a fire drill because offense, you know, because of you know some shortcomings at several places had to turn into a you know an up-tempo three and out in 45 seconds type of offense and I think it just it it bred a situation where game management was going to become a problem Um, and you know here's the thing Venables was a a first-time head coach I think working through some of those dynamics 
ended up being a little bit differently than perhaps he envisioned. And I think that ties back to how poorly the defense performed uh, at, at times. So, yeah, I, I think game management was an issue. You, I doubt you can present anything to me that I would say it was not an issue. Obviously, some things were a bigger issue than others. I don't think game man- management was, you know, the reason why we went with the record that we did, but it contributed. Sure. Hey, I got a special guest, Lou Ball, Ooh. OU assistant for OU women's gymnastics coach. He's he's on with us quite a bit, so he he knows his way around a headset. He knows what it's all about. You just fresh out of practice, so I appreciate you coming over here and chatting with us. How was uh, practice a few days before the big meets? Practice was good today. Uh, girls, girls were working hard. They had a great workout yesterday and kind of backed it up with a good practice today. They're in there finishing up with their conditioning, but they're looking really good. 4-0 start to the season. How do you feel about things up to this point just overall? Pretty good. It's early, um, so uh, if we feel like we're in a better place maybe than last year or this early in the season, but but you can't you can't rest on that. You got to keep pushing. And there's a lot of good teams this year. There's a lot of good competition. We've seen, I think we've seen we, after this weekend, we will have seen five of the top ten teams, not, not including ourselves. Yeah. So good well, competition. It, it, like you saying that is just incredible because that team won a national championship last year, fifth out of the uh, eight years. How do you guard against whether it's incoming freshmen who see all the titles that you've won recently? Or even some athletes that have been here two or three years. How do you, like you're you're at the top. How do you keep it going? How how do you not get satisfied? And how do you just keep pushing forward and win titles every year? Because I got to think that that's a pretty big challenge. Well, it's it's the culture of the team, and once you get things rolling the way we have it rolling, it's up to each class kind of to pass the torch onto the next class. Um, And the the people that just got on campus, they've never won, so they're they're. They're hungry to go out and figure out how to win. And and so it's not hard to to push them and get them to move along. And complacency has never been anything that we've, you know, kind of turned our head towards. So we're we're hungry. We want we want to win again. And every you know, there's a lot of teams out there that want to win. But I think our biggest thing is we just keep our head down and we keep working uh, one practice to the next and, and keep pushing throughout the season to get stronger. So we're, we're at our best at the end of the year. You were just in Baton Rouge on Monday, which was really fun. We're, we're, I'm doing the show and looking back at the TV, like, all right, what's going on? What's going on? 12,000 were in Baton Rouge. And Diane was telling me that they have 7,500 season ticket holders for women's gymnastics at LSU, which is incredible. It felt like, and I wasn't even in the arena, but it felt like home crowd played a factor. Like, what does home crowd, that's what you're trying to get on Sunday for this top five meet, what does home crowd mean in women's gymnastics? Um, It's huge. Uh, When we've had our biggest crowds, we've had over 10,000 before, uh, but it's few and far between. We need need those fans to show up every meet, Um, and it is huge. You'd be amazed. You think like football and you think home crowd, you think how loud can you get on third down and and make that fourth down happen. Well, it's no different in gymnastics. When someone on our team does a phenomenal routine and the crowd goes crazy, it's very intimidating for the person that's from the opposing team that's on the equipment or about to go, and they and they get that surge of, of crowd and energy. It's very intimidating to them. Yeah. Well, I, I'm sure, like, if you get 12,000 in on Sunday and you win that meet against Utah, like, that's going to feel awesome. That's great. Like, anytime you get a great home crowd in and, and you win at home, that's awesome. 
But how cool is it to go on the road like you did on one uh, on Monday and win a meet like that? that that's got to be pretty cool, too, in front of 12,000 opposing fans who are screaming and are loud. Like, the, the road win's got to feel pretty good, too, I'm guessing. Yeah, and the girls hand, handled it well. When, when, you know, their crowd, when they did a good routine and their crowd was very loud, our team did a great job of staying calm and handling it. I, I don't think anybody on our team or our staff would say it was our best meet because it wasn't. We were very good on the equipment, but we kind of stumbled around a little bit on our landings. We can be much better than we were against LSU. So I've uh, been promoting this replica championship ring, 350, first 350 through the doors on Sunday night. Now it's a replica championship ring, so I'm led to believe that this is what the championship ring your team had looks like. Is this is this an accurate representation of what your championship ring looks like? I mean, it's, looks very, like? it's very similar. It might be bigger than our ring. Oh, really? And it, might, <laughs> it feels a little heavier than our ring, so I don't, I don't know uh, what they made this out of. Well, just trade yours. Pretty, trade uh, your championship ring in for that one. No, no one will ever know. It's a pretty nice ring. No, that's cool. So replica championship rings, championship banners going to be unveiled. It's alumni night. I know there's a lot of alumni coming in. It's just – it, it sounds like uh, Sunday night at 6:45. It's gonna be uh, it's it's gonna be awesome. Which <laughs> I was telling Diana earlier. I found out the hard way last year during the Michigan meet. 6:45 means 6:45. 6:45 doesn't mean seven o'clock or anything. Because we got there, I think ten minutes late. I feel like God, I feel like I missed. 20% of the meet. So 6.45, get there early, especially what one of these uh, replica championship rings. And, Lou, best of luck this year, and uh, I, I know that you're looking for a big crowd there on Sunday nights. Well, I appreciate it. Appreciate you having me on, and let's get let's pack the house on Sunday. Let's yeah. go, Sooner Nation. Get there and, and be ready to go because we need you. Soonersports.com. Go get your tickets. Again, that's Sunday night at 6.45. All right, we'll take a break. On the other side, we got a fun uh, OU football question uh, to ponder here that we put out on our Ref Twitter page. More coming up next right here on The Ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. The Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. How about Tom Haley now joining us, associate head coach here for OU Women's Gymnastics. Tom, you just told me you're a big football fan. Um, what month is your birthday? I'm going somewhere with this, I promise. <laughs> October. Your birthday is October. So we have a graphic out on our ref Twitter page. You need a Hail Mary to win a game. Your birth month is the former Sooner you are counting on to catch it. You are an October birthday. You've got Tinker Owens as your former Sooner that you're hoping to come down for the Hail Mary and catch it. How, how do you feel about Tinker Owens being your former Sooner you're counting on? Did they throw Hail Marys back then? I don't, <laughs> I don't know if they I did like or that not. that was a wishbone, something yeah. or other. Teddy, you're, you're November, correct? That's right. Wow. Teddy gets Malcolm Kelly as his oh, – uh, nice. I feel you, you pretty feel good strong about, Malcolm Kelly? about that. I feel pretty strong about that one. Yeah. I am a January, so I got Sterling Shepard. Uh, imagine uh, that. The guy that puts the graphic together <laughs> uh, puts an all-time great in his birth month. Shocker. Well, they're all all-time greats. Well, that's take, true. Do you take but... Malcolm or Sterling? Who well, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you the list, and you tell me who you would take, okay? Um, January, Sterling Shepard. Then you have Marvin Mims, C.D. Lamb, D.D. Westbrook, Andre Wolfolk, which I think is a what big wild card, Mark Andrews, Jermaine Gresham, Mark Clayton, Ryan Broyles, Tinker Owens, Malcolm Kelly, and Keith Jackson. Out of those 12, That's a who would you pick? That's a right there. I'm going to go with CD just because 
He's he's super recent. I think he'd come down with a Hail Mary more like wide receiver, Hail yeah. Mary. Well, and then some um, some NFL executive said he's basically unguardable right now. Yeah. So I think that you're on a you're on well, a. Well, the Cowboys are my team too. Mine so too. I'm there. Just gonna go ahead and win on well, Sunday. I'm gonna take a. I get the opportunity to play to take a defensive guy, so I'll take Andre Wolfolk. That's I knew. Oh, I well six three hops like crazy. I think I that might yep. be my selection as well. Four zero start to the year. How do you, how do you feel about things? Good, good. You know, like Lou was saying before, you know, we're <clears throat> we feel like we're out front of where we were at this time last year. We're much healthier. Um, we've got a lot more depth. Um, the level of gymnastics we're putting out on the floor is is higher. So uh, we feel good about it. We feel good about it. But we got to keep keep moving on. Keep pressing on. I was talking to Lou during the break, and you know, we talk a lot of football. So a lot of college football right now, especially this time of the year, is well, this former five stars going to Ole Miss. This former four star to Florida State. God, South Carolina lost three of their defensive linemen in the portal, and they're going. To, it doesn't really seem like the portal so far is it's it's a big thing in women's gymnastics. Is that fair to say? Uh, it, you know what? It's nothing like what you're experiencing in football. But as as that grows, it grows into the other sports. I think it's a trickle down effect. You know, um, we are experiencing a little bit more of that. Uh, but it's mostly the grad transfers, mm-hmm. um, to be honest. Not really transfer, the, the underclassmen transfer that you see maybe more of in the in the football sports. But, but you are seeing an effect of the extra COVID year. Uh, for sure. Yeah, it, it, and are you – have you – has your program benefited because of that? What are some other programs that you're seeing on the roster this year have a ton of super seniors and a ton of experience? Because that could make the race to a national championship really interesting again. Last year was actually the year that there were a lot of the super seniors. It's not as, it's not as prevalent this year. This yeah. is, I think, the last year of it. Um, but last year, a lot of teams had many, many fifth-year people returning, and the rosters were larger, the teams, the depth was larger. Um, but this year, it's not as much. What would a uh, packed house do for your program on, on Sunday for a top-five matchup? Uh, you know, it's it's the thing that pushes you over the edge. Um, you know, the, the team is going to show up, and they're going to bring energy, but when you have the home crowd, it's just a different vibe in there. You know, if you last year, the last home meet last year we had, you know, close to 8,000 people there for the Michigan meet, um, and that was huge for us. A few years ago when UCLA came, we had 11,000 in there, and that was huge for us. Both big wins for our program, so um, I think it's kind of the the tipping point for us. Five national championships in the past eight years. That's a pretty strong recruiting pitch. What, what, what does your recruiting pitch out of the road uh, sound like these days? Um, you know, <laughs> you'd think you'd ha- you don't really have to sell that people yeah. people know that's why yeah. they want to come to Oklahoma they know they've got a great chance to win a national championship at some point while they're here um, and and I think the thing we we sold this this summer was every athlete since 2014 has won a national championship wow. every class that's crazy that's so crazy. that was kind of the the pitch yeah well best of luck on uh, Sunday Thank in you. the uh, in the meeting against Utah final score wow I didn't I just thought about this so while that is going on I, are you going to be looking for score updates of the Cowboys game? Or are you going to be just I'll totally locked be, in? I'll probably be a little bit occupied <laughs> okay, at that point. Okay, yeah. So I got you. You got to try and record it and, and then watch it later. So no, no one text Tom. No one <laughs> yell at Tom. Score <laughs> yeah, updates yeah. or anything like that yeah. while it's going on. You got a final score prediction for, for uh, Cowboys, Cowboys Niners? Yeah, man. Um, I'll go thirty-one twenty-eight Cowboys. Oh, I love it. Thirty-one twenty-eight Dallas. There you go. Tom Haley, associate head coach, OU Women's Gymnastics. Appreciate your time. Appreciate man. it. There you go. Um, so you're happy with your selection of Malcolm Kelly, is what it sounds like to me. Yeah. But you would rather have Andre Wolfolk. Well, uh, 
I'm, there's some bias uh, showing through there with taking Wolf, teammate. Uh, but, yeah, Malcolm Kelly, absolutely I'm happy with that. You kidding me? Which yeah. there's no one on the list that you, you wouldn't be happy with. I Honestly, if you're talking about a like a jump ball situation, um, I, probably I think Wolfel or Gresham would probably be your best bet there. Yeah, because I mean, what was but what was Jermaine know. Gresham six six with a ton of athleticism? That, yeah, that'll but, probably play. But it it doesn't really seem to ever come down to who can jump up and make the catch. It's usually who can be in the right position for the bounce. You know, that's feels like that's ultimately what happens best on or what happens most on a hail mary. I we need Mike Brooks or Chris Lambacus on this one. I wonder if OU's ever completed a Hail Mary, like at the end of a game or going into a half. I Can you remember one in your lifetime? Because I, I, can't, I can't remember one. Like a true Hail Mary throw, I can't remember OU completing one, unless I'm missing a total obvious one. No, I can't. I don't remember, but... Uh, Text line will help uh, us out if we can't figure it out. Yeah, you know who doesn't need hail marys, by the way. Who doesn't need hail marys? That's KJ Kindler, head coach OU <laughs> no women's gymnastics that. team. Five titles in the past eight years. What is a hail mary? I, I, is that someone like pulling off? Because it's got to be the most difficult. Probably like you got to have a super high score on the beam in the in the last uh, rotation. Is that what a hail mary would be? Like you need a ten. Like the last routine, you need a ten. That's a yeah. yeah. You ever you been there and, and someone delivered something like that? Well, yeah, last year. Oh, um, yeah, we were, yeah, remember? We God. were we were in fourth place after the first event at championships, and they just kind of creeped their way back. And the last beam routine, she had to absolutely lace it in order for us to win, and she did it. She j- did just that. Wow. Reagan Smith. So they have completed a Hail Mary. Yes. There you go. Yes. It has awesome. happened before. We'll call yeah, it a not Hail a Reagan. Yeah. <laughs> Hail Reagan. Yeah. Um, Sunday is going to be, I mean, everything is there on Sunday. The top five matchup, uh, Lou was telling me that these replica rings are bigger than the national championship ring that he actually got. Uh, the alumni is going to be there raising the championship banner. It sounds KJ like it is the perfect time to go support OU women's gymnastics at the LNC. Yeah. It sounds like you should not miss that event. Shouldn't I don't know why. What and these gold pom poms as well. I, I know. forgot about that. It's all about the gold on Sunday. Yeah. It's all about the gold. Um, Lou and Tom were both saying that they like where the team is at right now. Um, they like where things are trending, and yes, there's a long way to go, but they kind of just like where things sit right now. Do you do you feel the same way after yeah. four or just a couple meets? Yeah, I do feel the same way. In fact. Um, it was, it's pretty impressive to see what they've even done since that first meet in terms of our depth. We came back after that first meet and you could just see kind of light bulbs going off. A lot of, um, people who maybe weren't in the lineup really kind of raising their performance level in the gym. And now I feel like our depth is far greater than it was even two weeks ago. I feel really good about our health as well. Um, and in the first meet, we had a couple people that were, you know, teetering on feeling great. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, right now, I think we're in a better place when that, where that's concerned. And I always say, you know, at the end of the year that the healthiest team has the greatest shot. You know, you've got to keep your team, your best athletes out there, and you've got to keep your team healthy. 
6.45 is the uh, meet on Sunday. So come out to the LNC, Soonersports.com. Get your tickets there. But if you're one of our out-of-state listeners, it'll be on ESPN. And it was, in, it was on ESPN on uh, Monday as well, and I know a lot of OU fans were, were watching that as you were up against LSU. What's just the overall like state of things with women's uh, gymnastics right now? Because I just see that you, you've got several matches a year that seemingly are on ESPN. It seems like it's in a really good spot. Would, would you say that that's accurate? Uh, absolutely. I think we're getting more publicity than we've ever gotten, More um, obviously more media attention. Certainly you're seeing NIL have an effect and, and Olympians coming into the NCAA making a difference as well. So, yes, absolutely. Did you feel like your team was bothered at all by the intense home crowd on Monday? Because Lou's telling me, like, we're so experienced that, you know, most of our athletes, they just kind of thrive in those road environments. Yeah, it, it is a great environment to be in. What athlete doesn't want to be in front of a, a huge crowd that appreciates your sport? Um, and they were... They were not bad fans at all. They were they were good really? fans. Okay. Yes, actually That's they were. They they were loud. I won't I won't say they were. But you've were. heard the stories about it. I sure days. have. I sure have. And I so I thought they were fans that appreciated the sport. I thought our team, you know, turned it to their advantage as much as they could. But I do think it affected them a little bit, especially our freshmen. They've never been in that environment. And uh, Faith and Ava, this is their first taste of like mm-hmm. complete chaos. And that's exactly what it was. It was it was loud, um, and they had to handle that. I thought they did a great job. I've seen people get in that situation and really fold. So I, I was really happy with how they handled it. Can you highlight a few of your athletes? Reagan Smith, Audrey Davis, very recognizable names. Uh, Kat Lavasser mm-hmm. is having a really good year. Just some uh, some few athletes that you're really counting on so far this year. Yeah, I mean, the ones you mentioned, of course, are doing a wonderful job. Jordan Bowers mm-hmm. is really knocking it out of the park. Um, two really high all-around scores to begin with. And she's competing beam, uh, which she wasn't doing at the end of last year, and she's really our highest scorer on beam right now. So I would say that's a huge leap for her. Um, but then you have some some great supporting cast, like Faith Torres, our new freshman, who's doing all-around or three events in every meet. Danny Seavers, also doing three events. Um, really competitive young woman out of South Dakota. Um and really joyful, really fun to watch. Um, the ones you mentioned for sure, but Belle Johnson, who's local, and Jenna Dunn, both from Oklahoma, both doing an event each. Um, yeah, just a lot of really it's – a, it's a team effort. There's no way to look at it other than that. Um, but we have a, a lot of people contributing. Lou was telling me he was on a recruiting visit in Florida. You've probably heard this story about 50 times. You probably can't stop telling it. He got the red carpet treatment yeah. by a high school. Do, do you ever get the red carpet treatment when you're out recruiting these days? Yes, absolutely. Okay, okay Absolutely, good. but not like Lou did that day. <laughs> that was crazy. We got a video of it. Um, yeah, it was it was over the top. Let's just say that. But that that makes you feel good, you know, puts you in a good spot for – for getting some of the best talent to know that people think that highly of your program. Do you have to go to all corners of the country to recruit? Do you have a certain hotbed? Is it the state of Texas that you like to go to more? Like, How does recruiting for you look like on a year-in, year-out basis? We really are all over the nation, uh, but we do really – there is a focus spot kind of down the center of the country – Highway 35 from Minnesota all the way down to Texas. So I would say, you know, that mid-center part of the country is 75% of our athletes right now. So I I was at the Michigan meet last year, 
and we had a blast. And what I my big takeaway from it, KJ, was this really is a family environment. You know, we took our uh, we took our daughter, and she had a friend along with her, and they loved it because they had never been to a women's gymnast. They haven't been to a gymnastics meet ever. Um, I felt like I was going to get in trouble by you at one point because they had never been before. And of course, they're cheering for OU. They want OU to win. But they're just so all about the environment. They they even stand up and cheer when Michigan is, you know, whether they're on the floor or whatever they're doing. I I just think that if you're a family of four, or a family of three, or you know, whatever your situation is, like this is a really cool event to it, come to. It on, is, on and you night. you certainly always cheer for your home team. But it is such a honestly, what these women do is so incredible that you probably can't help your you know, help but appreciate what the other team's doing as well because truly it's a hard sport. Um, they practice a long time to get to this point, and, and our sport's a lot about perfection. So when you see it, you appreciate it, no matter what color, you know, that young woman's wearing. Attention spans are shorter, and there is constant action. Yes. Constant action going on. You there know what I mean? Is. You're looking around, like you're checking the score. Okay, yeah, she's, but what's the score going on? It's just constant action, which I think – it, it probably resonates really well with young people, is what I what I would guess. Yeah, no, absolutely, and it's so affordable. You can bring sure. your whole family and your neighbors and your besties. You can bring everybody. I know you got a lot going on today, so thanks for coming and talking. Yeah, with no us for problem. A few KJ Kindler, OU Women's Thank Gymnastics you. Coach. No big deal. Just five titles in the past eight years. Soonersports.com. Go support them. Sunday night, 645. Top five matchup between OU and Utah. Back on the other side. Keep it locked on the ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Another special guest, OU Women's Gymnastics. Top five meet on Sunday, 645 on ESPN. We have Danae Fletcher on, 2022 All-American on the floor and the 2022 NCAA Norman Regional Vault Champion. That's a nice resume, Danae. Congratulations on that year. How's, how's this year going so far? It's going great. Um, I mean, what a great start to doing floor and doing three events and meets. So I'm just happy to be getting some experience really early on in the season. Yeah, how was the uh, meet on Monday in front of 12,000 rabid fans there in Baton Rouge? Wow, it was amazing the environment was just so fun and just so amazing and we used the energy from their crowd for us so yeah. we thought we imagined it as it was our arena so it was just amazing yeah well 12,000 on Sunday night would be awesome but I don't know I, winning a meet in front of 12,000 loud fans that's got to be pretty cool too right mm -hmm. it's I just can't imagine if we sell out our arena because I'm pretty sure that would be the first time selling it out in a while. So I just hope as many fans can come as they can. I mean, it's 6.45 on a Sunday, the night before work, so maybe you could get some nice little fun gymnastics action. Yeah, for sure. Uh, KJ was just in here, and I could kind of a little bit hear at practice what's going on, not really. I, I didn't hear KJ yelling all that much. And I'm not saying that I thought that KJ would be loud in practice. What 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 is your head coach like mm. when you're out there at practice? What, she's what's she like? She's super funny. Yeah, <laughs> she's super funny, super goofy. She's always cracking jokes, and it just helps lighten the mood in practice. Sometimes when we're having a rough day, she comes over and gives us encouragement. She even cheers us on really loudly. So it's just really awesome just to have her in the gym every day and be such a positive influence. What do you think makes her a really good head coach? Her personality. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of um, head coaches can be stern, and I think KJ does a fantastic job with being really light with us in the gym. 
And I think it's one of the things that makes us champions is that she knows that we have rough days. We make mistakes. And it's not those mistakes that make or break us. So she does a really good job at just making us think that every turn is a new start. Are you from Philly? Yeah, I am. How, what made you leave Philly and come all the way down to Norman, Oklahoma? Come on. It's the winning program here. Good answer. It's the winning program. Perfect I mean, answer. I've never been to any other program that's felt such like a family. So... I mainly joined because of the family aspect, and of course, like if you're winning national championships, that's fun too. Sure. Are you an Eagles fan? Mm, see, this is it's complicated. Sounds like tricky. So my family on my dad's side are Cowboys fans. Nice. And then some of my family on my mom's side are Phillies fans. So I'm kind of in the middle. I'm not much of a. Well, that's a bad place watcher. to be in the I middle know. of an Eagles Cowboys rivalry. That's not really a, a safe zone, or you know, it's. I don't know what I'm going to do. If, if you don't pick a side, then they're probably both going to come after you. I'm probably going to pick Cowboys because I'm a daddy's girl. So Okay, <laughs> there you go. Well, Danae, um, best of luck the rest of the year. Hope we get an awesome crowd out there on Sunday and go win another national championship. You betcha. There you Thank go. You. Danae Fletcher from uh, Philly joining us. Hey, by the way, did you text me a video of Kale Gundy completing a Hail Mary? I, I didn't get to, watch, uh, get to watch all of it. Well, yeah, as soon as we were asking the question about uh, have we ever completed a Hail Mary? Uh, I had a I had a buddy text me that article uh, about Kel Gundy. I think it was it was his freshman year. I think it was maybe in the OU Texas game, uh, perhaps. And I think a bunch of people hit the uh, the text line on it as well. So yeah, the Kel Mary man. How about that? Yeah, that's the Kel Mary. That's that's sweet. Um, so I, I listed the names earlier. Uh, the twelve that I, I rattled off. I, I guess I can do that here. I think we all, uh, or at least you, remember the names that I threw out there. Were, were there any obvious snubs on that list? I didn't have Tommy McDonald on there. I think he's the only OU uh, wide receiver in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Shep, Mims, uh, CD, DD, Andre Wolfolk, Mark Andrews, Jermaine Gresham, Mark Clayton, Ryan Broyles, Tinker Owens, Malcolm Kelly, uh, Keith Jackson. Any notable snubs that I should have included? Uh, I don't, I don't think so. It's tough. You're limited to 12. There's been so many really good guys come through. Uh, I don't know if you want to go like recency bias, maybe Hollywood, but Hollywood wouldn't be, you know, maybe the greatest in that, in that spot. Right. But like you said, it's kind of whoever's in, in a spot to catch the uh, tip ball at that point. Pretty much. Yeah. I think it's a pretty good list. Uh, it's a. It just kind of lets you know how good the how good the uh, the group of pass catchers we've had come through, which makes me feel, you know, okay, better about whoa you know, some s- optimism well, about someone okay. uh, uh, showing up this this ne- well this off season spring and then this coming fall like we need a we need a star wide receiver to replace Mims. Well, yeah, I mean, that's obvious. I mean, who who's it going to be? Because I, I I see the text line, and the text line's just not convinced that Farouk is that dude. Like, if not Farouk, then then who's it going to be? Or maybe you think it is Jalil Farouk that's wide receiver number one next year. You talk, are you asking me? I, I am asking you, yeah. Um, I think Farouk's going to have an opportunity at it. I, like the, the name I go to is Nick Anderson, I think. You know, physically, he's got the the all the gifts. I think he's he's probably the most physically gifted there. Whenever it comes to 
having some nice size, uh, speed, just the uh, leaping ability, athletic, overall athleticism, route running uh, skill. I think he's got perhaps the biggest upside, but, you know, I, I think there may be a, multiple guys vying for it. You know, I think Farouk is, you know, because of some, some seniority, is going to have a good opportunity at it. Um, you know, he's they found some good good ways to get him the football last year. I think he's definitely going to have a bigger role in the offense. Is, is he going to be the superstar? We'll have to wait and see. How many six-time All-Americans do you know? Do you know any six six-time time? All-Americans? Got to be pretty good to be a six-time All-American. No, I, I don't know that there's – like, does that even exist? It does. Six-time All-Americans do exist. Uh, I know of one, Audrey Davis, who joins us now. Six-time All-American. That's just that's just crazy. You've had a great career. What, what's been uh, what's been the favorite part about your career so far? You've got the all Amer- You got the individual. You got the team. It just sounds like this is. Uh, it's been a great career for you at OU. Yeah, it has. It's been so exciting. Everything that I've done has just been towards. I mean, of course, winning a national championship was definitely one of my favorite things that we've done, but we're striving towards that every single year, so that's, again, the goal this year. You've seen some great environments, uh, both at the LNC, both in, uh, you know, other places as recently as Monday. What is a home crowd, like a great home crowd, like an energized home crowd like the Michigan meet last year, what does that do for you individually? I think that it definitely just brings the energy. It helps me... Um, kind of stay relaxed. I think most people would think the opposite. It makes you more nervous, but I think having Sooner Nation have our back and be ready for us to give them such a big show is comforting in a way, and being able to show them what we've been working towards is one of my favorite things. Everyone keeps commenting on the uh, replica championship ring that they're giving out on Sunday, 350. Danae said, it's bigger than the ring I got. It is. Uh, I think. Uh, I think Tom even said that's bigger than the ring I have. Yeah. So uh, apparently, like, this is a, a really good giveaway. It, it like is. a six-time All-American, Audrey Davis. You are endorsing the replica ring giveaway. Is that correct? I am. This ring looks beautiful, and I can't wait to see it on those 350 people. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that show up on Sunday. Sittersports.com. Go get your tickets. Um, sounds like the coaches have. They feel pretty good about where the team is at right now. Again, you, you've seen it. A lot. How do you feel about uh, the way the team is kind of currently sitting right now? This team is so special. We started off with the highest opening score that I think Oklahoma has had uh, ever, I think. But we are so excited to show everyone what we got. And traveling for the first two meets and doing as good as we did was something special. So now we get to show it off at home, and that's going to be even more special. Is there a rival? Is Utah a rival? Is Florida a rival? LSU? Would you look at any other... Uh, program and say, uh, I mean, we don't have to, you don't have to hate someone <laughs> to just say they're a rival, but like a really good competitive rivalry, who would you say that is? Mm, I think that Utah, Florida, and Michigan are always those people that we are neck and neck with every single year, but yeah. I think mainly for us, we're our own rival. We want to better ourselves every single competition, and for us, we're just trying to beat ourselves from the last competition. That's a great answer. I know KJ would be so proud of that answer. We're our own rivals. That's that's really good. Audrey, best of luck Sunday and the rest of the year. Go Thank get another so national much. championship. Thank you. There you go. All right, we'll close up hour number two of The Rush. Coming up next, keep it locked on The Ref. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of The Rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. You remember Eric Gilbert, yeah. former five-star tight end? He just committed to Nebraska 15 minutes ago. Yeah, well, good luck. 
uh, to Eric Gilbert, and good luck to Nebraska. Um, They're going to need it? Well, I don't know. It, it seems – he he's he's been all over the place and there just hasn't been a whole heck of a lot of production uh yet has there unless he did no, something last no. year that i'm missing no 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 no. i mean georgia had two really good tight ends but he right. wasn't one of them i think he was at georgia last year yeah so i don't know maybe maybe he'll he'll find something up there and uh they can get some some good use out of him and he can you know kind of straighten things out it's been hectic for him um he needs a home he needs a place to uh, to dial in, focus, and, and and play some football. Now, I don't know if that's been a, a him problem created by himself. If so, he needs to straighten it out. And I saw Clayton Smith going to Arizona State, too. Oh, good for him. So that was nice think, spot. just announced a handful of minutes ago. All right, quick timeout. we got the final hour of the rush coming up next. <laughs> 